G'day, this is Mark Pesci, and welcome to the final of Series 9 of This Week in Startups Australia. Throughout Series 9, we have focused on one question. What is it that makes a startup successful? Is it a great idea, a great team, great customers, or is it something else altogether? This is an important question for startups, a fundamental question. And throughout Series 9, we have gone looking for answers. We have spoken to people who have achieved success, and we've asked them how it happened. We've spoken to startups on the road to success, asking them what they're learning along the way. And now, with all of those conversations behind us, it's time to ask ourselves, what have we learned? All of our guests have given us so much good advice. We've sifted through it and boiled it down, the qualities, the characteristics, and hacks for startup success. Join us for the final serve and a big announcement about the future of this podcast on this episode of This Week in Startups Australia. This Week in Startups Australia is sponsored by Squarespace. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. Go to squarespace.com twista for a free trial. Twista is also sponsored by Odoo, a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business. Go to odoo.com twista to check it out. This Week in Startups Australia is sponsored by User Testing. Experience what your customer experiences with user testing. Request your free trial at usertesting.com slash Twista and get the fast human insights you need to make more informed decisions for your business. Twista's production partner for Series 9 is UTS Startups, where they're equipping a new breed of startup founders by inspiring students to launch their own venture and build a foundation for a successful career. To learn more about UTS Startups, go to startups.uts.edu.au. Now, if you haven't had a chance yet, go back and listen to the last episode, episode 19 of series nine of This Week in Startups Australia. That is the first part of this two-part episode. In it, we take a look at the foundations for success, the core qualities and characters of a successful founder, and the importance of resilience. With us through this journey, and really acting as a counterpart to a lot of the enthusiasm that we've been hearing, is the amazing Murray Herbs, formerly of Fishburners, now at UTS Startups. Welcome back, Murray. Wonderful to be here and uh, doing everything we can to inspire people. I promise I won't be too negative. Uh, it is my job <laughs> to encourage people to be entrepreneurs. But I think at the same time, you're adding the note of realism because we don't want to pile up a list of qualities for an entrepreneur that make it seem like you basically have to be a saint before you even get started. And Murray, we have learned a lot about founders. So it's now actually a good moment to cast the net a bit wider and ask what founders should be looking for in those first key hires that they make. How can those 
those decisions, those key decisions, help a founder to hire the folks who will accelerate their success. Now, Airtasker founder and CEO Tim Fung, he suggested finding folks who shared a growth mindset. I think a big part of having um, someone who has a growth mindset that can keep uh, growing with the company and keep learning new things is, again, that ability to kind of have an opinion on something um, and be informed about that opinion and um, have data and observations that back that opinion. But then also to be able to combine that with holding that opinion fairly loosely and being able to have a rigorous debate or dialogue around that thing and then being able to say, you know what? I've changed my opinion. I've learned something new from you and I'm going to move my opinion somewhere else. And I think if you can keep finding people that do that and can keep doing that at the, the next level, those are the kinds of people that will be able to grow with you as the company grows and that that is incredibly valuable. And Coview CEO, Sylvia Pfeiffer, she pointed to the importance of shared vision. I would recommend getting staff that's committed to your vision and is very self-driven in its execution. Because as a, as a small company, you need to have people that all pull in the same direction, pull in the same power, because otherwise you're not moving forward. Growth mindset and shared vision, it is clear that they're important, but it's also clear that they're not that common. And that means it can take some time to fill those first key roles. This is something that TeamGage co-founder Noel Smith talked about. I mentioned we hire slowly, but we have an exceptional team. Our team, you know, we, we get... We do these with a sort of face of the company, which is a shame because our team are sensational and we've been very slow to hire some of those roles, but that's because we, we want people that fit our values and obviously you know, have the right skill set and things. And that's been a huge game changer for us, having everyone, you know, there are people in that company who are so different, but we all have the same personal values are aligned to the companies and that makes for a very powerful force. Murray, you have seen a lot of startups wrestle with those first key hires. What have you learned? I think people need to think about building quality in their team, not just finding quality and bringing it in, especially if you're in Australia, maybe you're in a, a small town uh, in part of Australia, often you're just doing the best you can to find someone uh, and someone that believes in this crazy idea that you've got and then working to help them uh, realise the potential that they have. Uh, often I think you're hiring for what someone can be rather than what they already are. Wow. So really then, the founder isn't just looking for the key hire with the qualities, but they're actually looking for someone who can grow with them on that journey together. I mean, it's the same thing we're pointing to. You don't have to have all of the perfect qualities of the perfect founder that we outlined in the previous episode, but rather, what can you find in a person that is a good fit with the things that you are and you want to be? Absolutely. You're listening to This Week in Startups Australia. And when we come back, we'll learn how to hack your way to success. Twister Series 9 has proudly been sponsored by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. With Squarespace, you can blog, publish content, promote your business, announce upcoming events and special projects, sell products and services of all kinds, and much more. No matter what you need to do online, Squarespace has the answer. And don't take their word for it. Here's what the folks at Remote Demo Day have to say. Now, back in 2020, they decided to create Remote Demo Day for founders to pitch thousands of angel investors live. 
They purchased the domain RemoteDemoDay.com and had the site up and running in minutes because Squarespace is so easy to use. Remote Demo Day has been a success so far, and Squarespace has played a huge part in that. From websites to online stores, from marketing tools to analytics, Squarespace has what you need to succeed online. Go to squarespace.com twista for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the code twista to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com twista. Welcome back to the Series 9 final of This Week in Startups Australia. With us is UTS Startups incomparable Murray Herps. Murray, several of the people we've spoken to over Series 9 have offered their own insights. We're going to call them growth hacks for success. Main Sequence Ventures general partner Phil Morrill, he reckons one way to do that is to get investors deeply across the growth of the business. I'm really seeing a lot of success from companies that think in terms of leaps and not in terms of growth curves. It's especially important working with investors to really talk about how this work that we're just about to do with your money, here's the value that it's going to create. And it looks more like a series of steps. And this is how great companies actually work with the investor community to actually purposefully and deliberately drive up the value with the power of the capital behind them and all the support behind them. It's a different way of thinking. I think most of us intuitively as entrepreneurs, we think about just building a great business, which of course we have to do. That's, that's table stakes. But it's an extra layer on top of that about how do we, how do we design the growth of the company. Matt Allen, who's now running Tractor Ventures and helping the whole ecosystem rethink how to fund a startup. Matt stresses the importance of actually having conversations about success first between the founders and then across all of the staff. Success needs to be spoken about on day one. It needs to be adjusted for everyone involved and then aligned on the sort of short, medium and long-term goals. So I I think founders who actually can talk about sort of short, medium and long-term goals for not just themselves, but their team have the best chance of success. And Murray, I reckon that the best success hack that we heard across all of Series 9, it came from OVU CEO, Ricky Sutton. Now, we've talked a lot about a founder's need for self-knowledge, and Ricky, he developed a system to keep that self-knowledge front of mind. There are, for all of, all of anybody on here that was already a startup knows this, and anybody that's thinking about it, please know, there are very, very dark days. <laughs> so dark and miserable. Midnight terrors, all kinds of stuff, okay? And the truth is, is that I decided two and a half years ago to record at the end of every day, my thoughts, every single day. And when I'm at a bad day, I record all of my downside. And when I have a good day, I record all of my good side. And so what happens is, is that when I'm having a great day and I think we can't possibly lose, I listen to the down ones. And I do the same on the, on the down days. And the outcome is, is that you manage to create some kind of equalizing force. But what you then look at, once you have that perspective, is that you suddenly realize you're still 3% ahead of where you were this time last month. And then if you go back and listen to a recording a year ago and you suddenly realize how far you've come, that's what success feels like. So for me, success is putting down markers all the way through this process, good and bad, 
and then going back and measuring where I am today against them. We signed a, a huge um, Indian publisher the other day who we've been talking to for a couple of years and we finally signed them. And you'd set yourself this goal, I'm going to get this done, it's going to be fantastic. Then you get it done, 20 minutes later you've forgotten and you're on to the next thing. Because you have no choice, because you're, you're climbing up a hill that's a really big one and you can't stop. So you don't have time to stop and enjoy the cele- uh, celebrate the successes. So by using those recordings, I just pop back in time and just say, where were you? What did you do? And listening to them, you can see the gap. It's clear. And you can't see it in the moment. So what Ricky is saying is that what you can't see in the moment is all of the little steps that you've taken towards success. Murray, what do you reckon? That is perfect. I find uh, the definition of success for people tends to change over time. So maybe you're stuck in a job that you don't like and success is getting out of that job. Uh, And once you're out, maybe success is growing a little consulting business that you're using to stay afloat. And once you're growing, maybe success is productizing that and making it available to more customers with less work. And once you start doing that, maybe you want to raise some VC and you have to start talking about your ambition being to take over the uh, the world or whatever you're trying to do. Um, I never see people starting out with that giant definition of success. They tend to be, uh, or success tends to be this animal that grows alongside you uh, and keeps most people from getting to the point where they feel like they've got that success. Um, and that said, I'll also say um, something that is constantly surprising me is People that think, I'm going to get this exit for my company, I'm, I'm going to be successful, I'm going to be happy, that's going to be it. And you know what? And I know you've seen this too, Mark. Um, the people that achieve that and get off this treadmill of constantly aiming for more and more success and the, keeping up with this animal beside them are not happy people. <laughs> They've got a, a new home or a nice car or something else, but they're sitting around there um, honestly lost Um, I think this kind of growing animal of success that you never actually achieve is something to embrace and to enjoy while it lasts. And, you know, we see, of course, the same thing in elite athletes, right? When elite athletes leave their profession as an athlete, they often become quite aimless because they were so used to the discipline and the metrics of success that they'd established and they'd set for themselves. And we've become aware now that when you sort of take that away, when there is that exit, which everyone views as the ultimate marker of success, that it produces, I guess, you know, there's that rush that you get because you're successful, but then there's the void because everything that you've organized your life around has suddenly sort of gone away. And so maybe the real definition of success that we're looking for here is that success is something that keeps you enduringly engaged, active, interested, and focused. Maybe that's the broader definition. Sounds good. All right. That's it right there. Murray, thank you so much for your incredible wisdom. I think for your very gentle popping of some of the balloons here so that we can come back down to earth with a real functional and workable definition of success. This is the thing. I love everyone giving uh, the advice that we've had on this podcast. I know them all. I am less knowledgeable than all of them. But I will say I spend so much time trying to encourage people to pursue entrepreneurship and seeing them start and grow things that end up being amazing. 
And I think there is another perspective on things which helps more people to feel comfortable taking their first steps. Uh, and I'm always happy to bring that opinion. And I mean, this this is actually true in your own work because, you know, right you started off basically saying, okay, all of the students at UTS should be able to do their own startup. But you've actually changed mission around this. You're now saying that anyone who's ever been a student at UTS should come into UTS startups and do this. Does that mean that your definition for success is also now evolving? Yes. Uh, we suffer the exact same problem that all entrepreneurs do. Uh, we started off three years ago. We became, in that time, the largest community of student-launched startups in Australia. And we look at that and think, we have 200,000 graduates of UTS that are out there doing different things. Why not support them as well? And so now we do. So all UTS graduates, as long as there's someone on your team that's been a UTS student, uh, you can be supported by UTS startups uh, and encouraged and connected to all the things that will help you to succeed, uh, all free of charge, come on down, startups.uts.edu.au. When we come back, a big announcement about the future of Twista. Twista Series 9 has proudly been sponsored by Odoo. One of the toughest parts of building a company is choosing which tools and service providers to use. There are so many functions in a startup, and each space has endless vendors. There's sales tools, email marketing, accounting, HR and payroll, project management, customer support, point of sale, e-commerce. It goes on and on, and eventually you end up with a Frankenstack of tools that cost a lot and don't integrate properly. Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you scale your business. For instance, their accounting products are perfect for anyone who is ready to upgrade from Excel or QuickBooks but doesn't want to break the bank with some of the more expensive options out there. It's simple and modular, so you use what you need and all of their apps integrate perfectly with each other. Your first app is free forever, and right now, Odoo is offering a $1,000 credit on your first implementation pack. That's not a joke. Take $1,000 off. Go to odoo.com slash twista to check it out. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash twista. I got my first full-time job in August of 1982 at a startup. That's nearly 40 years ago. At the time, I was basically unskilled. I was underpaid. I was overworked. And mostly, I loved it. I learned so much, particularly from my boss, though perhaps not for the reasons he might have thought, because he was going from one struggling startup where I was working into another That one became wildly successful, but he never knew how to share. So no one shared in that success with him. We all left. We all went on to do other things. Now, the next three companies I worked for, none of them were startups. The first one was dull. The second one, well, it had been a startup. It was purchased by a huge company, and then we were left on our own to do our own thing, but it was all very managed and very bureaucratic. I did learn a lot there about the right way to do things, about how to be a professional. 
And I probably needed that because the next job I had was at a full-on startup where I was the first software engineer working hand-in-hand with the first hardware engineer. That was a lot of fun. And I learned from my boss how to be a better boss, how to listen, how to share, and how to succeed. Then he sold the business, and the parent company, it just closed us down. Broke my heart. But that happens too. And it left me free from my first real attempt at a startup, a hypertext startup. Now, hypertext, this is back in the middle of the 1980s. That was going to be the next big thing. And it was when it became the web. But before that, it never really had enough scale. And you needed the internet to make hypertext work at scale. Back in the 1980s, the internet was still very small. So that startup didn't really work out. But the next company I worked for, and yes, it was another startup, This time, I'm the second software engineer who gets hired. They turned out to be a real rocket ship because they were working on the internet at just the moment the internet started to explode. And from them, well, I learned that really you do everything in your power to make your employees feel like they belong, like they're always taken care of. And around that was one other thing that I learned. When we hired into our engineering department, We did it by unanimous vote, and that meant that everyone always supported everyone else. It was great. That was the first job where I ever felt like I flourished. And not only did I flourish, so did the company. It grew and grew, and before I knew it, the 15-person startup I joined was 150 and growing even bigger. And that's when I saw how growth changes startups. The things that work when you're small, they don't work the same way at scale. Success is as much about size as it is about aptitude. And the startup that you love, when it's small enough that you know everyone personally, it's not the same company when it gets big. That's the deal. Success presents two faces. Yes, everyone gets to grow with the company. But to grow big also means losing what you had when you were small. And the funny thing is, I took all of that on board. I had a great boss, one of the founders. He was really just all heart, and that was really important for me and for everyone. He wasn't a softy, but he was empathetic. He had that gift, and I think that gift allowed his engineers to flourish and make great products that customers loved. And really, he gave me the confidence to move myself across the country from Boston to San Francisco to do my next startup, Ono Sendai Corporation, straight out of William Gibson's Neuromancer, and doing something so far ahead of its time that we didn't actually get there until just a few years ago. Because back in 1992, we decided we wanted to make a consumer virtual reality system for games and to explore the metaverse. Now, to do that, back in the early 90s, it was barely even thinkable, but we gave it a go. <sighs> so much went right and so much went wrong. Even now, it's, it's a little hard to talk about because so much of what I wanted to see, I put into Ono Sendai. And so much of that got churned around in all sorts of emotional dramas with investors, with employees, with my co-founder. I learned a lot, but it didn't last And I absolutely absorbed from all of that experience, with all of its highs and all of its lows, I absolutely absorbed that I wanted to continue to work for myself. And for most of the last 30 years, I have. 
that experience, it's given me immense freedom to work on the things that I think are important. Now, that means that there's no steady paycheck. I have to hustle, but then I like to hustle because I get to hustle for the things that I think are important. And at least for me, that's my marker of success. I have the freedom to pursue the things that are important to me. There is more than one definition of success. There is more than one path to success. There is more than one type of success. This success, this freedom, this is mine. So what's important to me? That actually hasn't changed much over the years, but it has refined. And this year, well, really, over the whole of the pandemic, it's been a good time to reflect on what's important. And not just for me. There are a lot of surveys out there pointing out that a lot of people are having their own variations on this moment, asking themselves what's important and what to do about it. Well, I know what's important to me, and it's, it's really never changed. It's a through line in all of my work, all the way back, 30 years and more. And it's time to take that forward, to bring it together with everything I've learned across the eight years I've been doing this week in Startups Australia. This is the starting point. This is the launch pad. When Jason Calacanis came to me in the middle of 2014, I was just crawling out from underneath the wreckage of the collapse of my last startup, Moore's Cloud. I was broke. I was depressed. I was feeling desperate. This week in startups, it was the first project in that post-startup phase of my life. It was my launching pad, and now it's time to take it to the next level. Series 10 of This Week in Startups Australia will be a lot different from the earlier series. It will have a singular focus. We're going to look at the Australian startups that are changing the world. The startups that, if they succeed, change everything. You're thinking, Mark, there just aren't that many of those. Well, you're wrong. There are quite a few. I've been making a list. There's more than enough for an entire series of this podcast, and each of them is unique. Each of them has an amazing story to tell. Each of them has incredible promise. Will they all succeed? Well, who knows? That's not the point here. The point here is to take a look at the companies that are having a go at changing the world. Because, folks, this decade, this is the decade we change the world. We've got the tools. We've got the talent. And, oh, yeah, we've got the need. We will see more change in this decade than in the previous four. And I reckon it's a fair bet that some of these startups will be the faces of that change. So I will be telling their stories, not just their business stories. More than that, we'll look at how what they're doing will change the world. Because in this decade, it's as much about context as success. The whole picture. Now, here's the thing. For those of you listening, I have a request. I have a great list of startups. But I know there are more world-changing startups out there that I haven't heard of. So please, write me, message me, DM me on Twitter, whatever works for you. And share with me, share with me everything you know about the startups that will change the world. Because the thing I've learned about this podcast and about life is that it all works better when we all work together. I can shine a light on these amazing world-changing startups. And you can help by pointing to where this light should shine. Together, we'll make Series 10 of the next billion seconds something that's unique, something that shows Australia how we are changing the world. And hopefully, that will inspire other folks to pursue the things that really matter to them and change the world. 
Twista Series 9 has proudly been sponsored by user testing. Are you launching a new product, developing a new prototype, rolling out a new campaign? User testing lets you see, hear, and talk to your customers to understand how they experience your brand, your product, and your services. Chubby's, a men's casual apparel brand, gained valuable insights by asking some of their customers to explain why they love their chubby shorts, when they wore them last, even asking for new product suggestions to guide their product roadmap. So put yourself in your customer's shoes with user testing. Request your free trial at usertesting.com twista and get the fast human insights you need to make more informed decisions at scale. Big, big thanks to Series 9 Twister sponsors, user testing, Squarespace, and Odoo. Their support has made this podcast possible. Thanks to Murray Herps for taking the time to come on to our show. And to all of the amazing folks who gave their time across Series 9, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's long past time to thank Luke Station. Luke is the amazing audio engineer who makes Twista sound so sweet. He's done great work across Series 9. With all of these lockdowns, he's had a lot of varying recording qualities to work with, and he's done a great job. So thank you, Luke. Come visit our website at twistartupsaus.com. It's got everything. It's got all the shows now that we've fixed the feeds. It's got all the interviews, all the photos, all the links to all the stories. So please check it out at twistartupsaus.com. We will be back in 2022 working hard to change the world. Until then, this is Mark Pesci thanking you for listening to This Week in Startups Australia.